Good day to you, fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. They're ours. Hmm. I'm going to start preaching now if that's okay with you. We have a long way to go and a short time to get there. Acts chapter 1, verse 1, goes like this. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days. Somebody say 40 days. And spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion while he was eating with them, I love that that's what it says. Some of the greatest things that took place biblically happened over a meal. Lean over to your neighbor and say, that's right. Mm -hmm. While he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem. But wait for the gift of my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, somebody say suddenly. <laughs> I love it when the Bible says suddenly. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them. I can't hear you now. Somebody say all of them. How many of them? One more time. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Father, I pray tonight that in the name of your almighty Son, Jesus, that all of us will be filled with the Holy Spirit. All of us would receive our suddenly encounter with the Holy Spirit and tonight would leave this room blessed and transformed. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. 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 I love talking about the Holy Spirit. And, you know, it's funny. We, we, we attend, if, in case you didn't know, Central Assembly of God, we are a Pentecostal church. What does that mean? That means that we celebrate the entire New Testament scripture, the wholeness of the doctrine of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. We ascribe to the understanding that the gifts and the fruits of the Spirit are for today and all eternity. 
The word Pentecost is a simple word, although it's, it has great meaning to all of us here that ascribe to that teaching. The word Pentecost simply means 50. It was 50 days after Jesus' resurrection that this encounter took place. It was 10 days after he ascended, when he said, wait for the gift, he ascended. 10 days later, the power of the Holy Spirit hit those men in the upper room, and powerful things happened. By the way, in that room were not just men. Oh, snap. The ladies were there too. Why? Because all those who were his disciples were included in the outpouring of the gifts of the Spirit. There are many theologians that believe when Jesus sent out the 12, that he sent out men. But when he sent out the 72, Mary was there. Martha was there. There were female disciples in that group. Why? Because Jesus didn't just come to empower men. He came to empower the church. And the church is run by men and women. That's right. Don't get me started on some Jesus-loving, leading ladies into leadership because he led them into leadership. Pentecost is one of the three main and major annual feasts. Somebody say feast. That's why I wanted to have pie night tonight, because Pentecost was a feast season. We're going to feast on pie tonight. Mm -hmm. It is the celebration of the giving of God's law and the celebration of harvest. They had a spring harvest and a fall harvest. They didn't harvest in the summer because that's usually when they were dealing with the enemies that were trying to attack them. And it was a Sunday when this took place. It's why we gather on Sunday. For no other reason than that was the day that not only, if you read the scripture here, that not only was there an empowerment of the Holy Spirit, but the gospel was preached to everybody, to every nation, to every tribe, to every known people group on earth. Get this. They were all in Jerusalem. This is what God, this is what the scripture says, that they heard in their own language, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, Libya, near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, and Cretans and Arabs all heard the gospel that day. So the reason we celebrate on Sunday is because that was the day the gateway of salvation was open and the first time the gospel was preached to everybody. That includes you and I. In fact, if we could add to that, I'd say Puerto Ricans. Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He already named Egypt, but let me throw some Sierra Leone in that mug and Nigeria up in that because all of us were included. Every And every tribe was included. So good. And God chose to communicate right then to his people. So when I was thinking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and what took place there, and people always say, Alan, can you break this down and make it simple? Because it sounds so deep. See, I grew up in the church, y'all. I grew up before we had language to describe many of the great things that God would do. We'd just be like, it was amazing, it was amazing, it was amazing. And people would be like, well, what happened? It was like a bubbling in my belly. And I'm like, what is a bubbling in your belly? Do you need any acids? Like, what do you mean by the baptism of the Holy Spirit? It was like a bubbling in your belly. And so I, I, I prayed, and I, and I literally sought the Lord for two years as a teenager, trying to figure out how to explain what this gift would be like. And in my long journey, I, I figured it out kind of like this. Throughout my life, this is how I see it. You, everybody say I. You are a cell phone. 
okay? You're a cell phone. I don't know what kind of phone you are, but you're a regular phone, okay? So you're not yet a smartphone. You're a regular phone. Y'all don't remember those, okay? I'm a Blackberry. You know what I'm saying? The dark of the berry, hey. I'm a, that's right. Shoot. You might be a Nokia. You might be a Razor flip phone, sleek and smooth. But without any service, you're just a, a, a electronic clump. Here's what the Baptist and the Holy Spirit's like. Jesus came along and gave us a plan. It's called the plan of salvation. It gives us access to the network. So once your phone gets access to the network, now you're able to download applications or apps. And then your regular phone can be a smartphone. You have access to the Father. But here's what I love. The Holy Spirit gives you power that increases your capacity and your ability to function and the apps aren't just downloaded now they're applicable you can use them to reach people you can reuse them to love people you can use them to hear for people and to pray for people and all of a sudden your phone not only has access but it has power to do what the spirit is telling you to do I know it sounds strange and people always ask me, well, well, why Why are people different? Or how does it make people different when they have this baptism of the Holy Spirit thing? What does that do? I can tell it like this. It's like God has this big button in heaven. It's got your name on it. And at one time, he just goes, boop. I call it the go button. There's just this go button. The, the, the Holy Spirit has this power to motivate and instill in us a desire, a pursuit. I, I don't want to just use the word desire because that sounds so emotional, but it, it's, it's an, an, an unction to go. In fact, everybody who's ever had an encounter throughout history with God or Jesus or a pre-incarnate example of Christ, almost every time it, the, the encounter ends with a two-letter word, go. I mentioned that before, but I got even more in my list tonight. From the very beginning of time in Acts chapter 1, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God tells Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. Go. Subdue the earth and take it over. Okay? So that's the beginning. You're like, oh, okay, that's good. How about Adam? Go. Multiply. Subdue the earth. Noah. Go. Multiply. Subdue the earth. Eat meat. We talked about that yesterday. Then he said to Abram, go. Find a land I'm sending you to. Moses, go. Deliver my people. In fact, tell the Pharaoh, let my people to Gideon, go. Defeat your enemy. You'll overcome them as if they were just but one man. To Elijah, go. Present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the land. To Isaiah, go. After he said, here am I, send me. To Jeremiah, go. You're not too young. Ezekiel, go. With an unpopular message, and the dry bones will live. To Hosea, go. Marry this woman who's not very nice. To Jonah, go. To Nineveh, and preach the gospel. To the lepers, go. Show yourself to the priest, to the centurion. Go your way. Let it be done as you believe. To the paralytic, take up your bed and... 
to the woman with the issue of blood, go, your faith has made you well. The woman caught in the act of adultery, go and sin no more. The story of the Good Samaritan, go and do likewise. To the nobleman's son, go your way, your son lives. To blind Bartimaeus, go your way, your faith has made you well. Mary and Gethsemane, go and tell my brothers in the Great Commission, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Every time we meet him, he's saying, go! But this one time, this one time in history, he doesn't say go. People always think God's saying stop all the time. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Oh, you don't want to stop it? Lightning bolt. No, the big one. That's not what he's doing. He's always saying go. But there's one time he didn't say go. One time in Acts chapter 1, Jesus said, wait. Wait for it. Wait for it. In fact, as I read it, what he's saying is, before you go, there's something you need. See, it's why with my students in Accelerate, I I don't just want them to be baptized in water. And and these kids don't know anything about God. They'll accept Christ, and literally the next minute, we're, we're praying with them to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they don't even understand what they're receiving, but they receive it like this. Do you know why? Because they, in that moment, know there's something they need in order to go. I'm not arrogant enough to think that I have enough of God in me. I need more. And I need more all the time. Go. But before you go, get a little power. See, the deal is this. The minute you accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you're a prime candidate for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to wait until you're perfect. You don't have to wait until you can work the Spirit up. You don't have to do anything else other than one word, ask. All you have to do is ask. All you have to do is ask ask. Stop thinking, and I used to think this too, that once I get holy enough, then I'll be ready for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. No! Right now, I did a, a, a school assembly tour. I love, I love doing public school assemblies. If I get to come back, I'd love to go do senior public schools. I love it. I don't get to talk about Jesus in your schools. It's kind of like 45 minutes of stand-up comedy with a message. But it's so fun because they follow us when we go to their school. They're like, I want to know where, where I can see more of this guy. He's crazy like me. And I invite them to your church. And they show up. One school we had in Iowa, Davenport, Iowa, 3,000 students showed up at night for a night rally. In the night rally, we led over 2,600 students in the sinner's prayer. That night, almost 2,000 students were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Do you know why? They were ready to go. It's so amazing how we talk ourselves out of great things because we think we have to do much more or do all this training. Our world has told us you got to be trained for this. You got to be prepared for this. You got to be equipped for this. No, you don't. You can't earn a healing. You can't earn a miracle. You just ask. Same with the gifts of the Spirit. You just ask. That's why I made a shirt that says, I'm God's favorite. 
It's only until you understand who you are that you truly understand that all you need to do is ask your daddy because he's going to give you everything you need. The Bible says he knows how to give good gifts to you, and he's going to hook you up. Look at your neighbor and say, it's Christmas for me today. Love me some Christmas. <laughs> so, what kind of power will the Holy Spirit give us? Man, I'm halfway done. This is good. What kind of power will the Holy Spirit give us? John chapter 16, verse 8 says this, that the Holy Spirit will convict the world in regards to sin and righteousness and the judgment that is to come. And Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says there will be power to be God's witness everywhere you go. That means that God's going to equip you with supernatural unction and the ability to communicate without convicting. Okay, so watch this. You're going to go out there in your world and live for God. Then you're going to tell people simply this. What has God done for you lately? That's all you got to do. See, I grew up in the Baptist church. Anybody grow up in Baptist church? Okay, I did the EE thing. I was an EE trainer at 14. Okay, I had the Romans road down. I'd walk into people like, do you know where you would be if Jesus came back tonight? If God were to, if you were going to God's heaven and he asked you, why should I let you in? What would you say? You're going to hell. I was really good at convicting people of their sin. And then my, my whole family got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I realized something. It's a lot easier to witness when you have power. See, when you walk in holy, this is why you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So that... You and I aren't deluded into thinking that we are the jam. Because first of all, I don't always want to witness to people. But the Holy Spirit will be like, go. Hi, um, my name's Alan. What's your name? Alex. Nice to meet you. Dude, you won't believe what God did for me. Man, the other night I was praying and I was like, God, I really need a breakthrough. Because I got to pay this one bill. My son's in a private school. It's expensive. And I was like, Jesus, I really, while I'm talking to him, when you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this is what happens. The Holy Spirit comes in like this. And starts talking to him while you're talking to him. You're talking about the bill that God helps you pay. Holy Spirit's up in this mug like this. You need to listen to the black man. You know you ain't living right. When he asks you if you want your relationship with God to get better, you better say yes. Do it, do it, do it. The Holy Spirit does all the sales. You don't have to sell anything. I don't have to convince you of anything. The Holy Spirit does everything. All I have to do is open my big fat mouth and give God an opportunity to reach people right there in front of me. I just walk up to him, hey man, I can pray for you right now. And your relationship with God could start. Are you cool with that? Yeah. Proof concept. I was a youth pastor in Miami for four years. My kids was broke as a joke. Average income of my church was $14,000 a year. And I took these little ghetto little kids. They were cute as a mug. And I took them on the South Beach where the millionaires party. And I did it every year. In fact, they started a whole conference based on what we were doing. It was called the Splash Conference. And that's where Rich Wilkerson Jr. learned how to witness. 
And I took them on the streets of South Beach where there's literally one day we were on South Beach, 26 Escalades rolled by in two blocks. I'm talking rich people. Money where you're like, are you kidding me? And, and I, I would give the kids one hour to walk around South Beach, and this is all they would do. They'd walk around, and the minute somebody looked at them, they were to say to them, hi, my name's Alan, and I'm here, and I'm just praying for people. Can I pray for you about anything? People in $30,000 outfits. We just drive around the van and giggle. Because we see people in $30,000 outfits just got out of an Aston Martin on their knees on the sidewalk crying, crying out to God. When a 14-year-old kid said, I just want to pray for you right now. Because the Holy Spirit does the work. Man, when I learned that, changed my life. I quit being such a jerk and being so mean to people. I thought mean was good. No, it's not. Mean stinketh. That's in the Bible somewhere. As I said, there's such a difference between supernatural and super spiritual. And I don't want to be super spiritual. I want to operate in the love that God has given me to reach and serve people in our community and in my family to know God. How do we receive this gift? Ask. Say it with me ask. Second thing you might want to do, be willing to wait. These disciples waited 10 days. I'm shocked sometimes when I go to places and people don't even want to wait for 10 minutes. And they give up so easy. Don't give up. Keep pursuing. This is a lifestyle, not an event. Pursue for your life. I'm always pursuing more. I want more all the time. I want stuff that ain't in the Bible. I want to see stuff that's crazy that Jesus didn't do. He said greater things would I do. I want to see some greater things. I'm always asking for more. Huh. And then you must be willing. Man, my notes are, that's it. Hmm. I remember when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Come on, piano man, get up here, people. I was 16 years old. I was walking around the cafeteria at my high school, and I was praying for my friends because I had friends that, that didn't know Jesus. And I was the student body president, and I was so tired of all the junk that was happening in my school and, and drugs and, and just the only reason I even played basketball, Pastor, is I was a football player in junior high. In high school, they sent me to a private school out in the suburbs. And I was like, this is weird. I didn't play any of those sports they played. But my grades were good. And a bunch of my friends on the basketball team had a big drug pop party, messed up, got kicked off the team. Coach resorted to asking me, hey, you want to play basketball? Sophomore year in high school, I picked up a basketball for the first time. Didn't even know the rules. Didn't know the rules. By the end of my sophomore year, I was honorable mention all state. Get good grades. Study hard. And I'm praying for my school because this stuff was happening all the time. And I'm praying, I'm like, God, please help Adam. God, please help James. Lord, if you help Keith. And I'm praying for Andy. And I'm praying for my friends. And, and all of a sudden, I go, wait a minute. Man, I want that baptismal. I want that hooga booga stuff. When people pray, I want that. I've seen half my friends get this stuff. My parents have it. I want it too. I said, God, can you hook me? That's literally how my prayer went. God, can you hook me 
walking back and forth in my cafeteria, and God says this to me. He goes, hey, say, buh. I ain't saying that. That's not God. If God gave it to me, it sounds way better than buh. I'm going to pray and keep asking. God, please give me the prayer thing where I say, ooga, booga, 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 or something like that. God, hook me up. Lord, I really want that. God, give it to me. And God goes, buh. But that is not you. Okay, Lord, I really, I did this like four times. Until finally, God, God goes, really? Are you going to say buh or not? I don't know about you, but my God's black. I felt like it was a threat. Just a little bit more, you know, chocolatey than the way you hear them. Okay? So I go, all right, whatever you said, I'm going to do it. Buh. He said, keep going. Buh, 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 buh. Pretty soon I was like, hold up. I heard from God. I was so pumped. I was so excited. And all I got was buff for two weeks. The next night, my, my youth group, Jeff Grinnell, is the best youth pastor ever. He, he goes, he goes um, we're going to have tower time. We're going to pray on, on certain nights. And, 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 and this is one of those prayer nights. And so there's a group of teenagers, like 25 of us teenagers, and we're in there praying. And, and he goes, now pray in the spirit. And these guys are praying. And, and you know, they're sounding really cool. And I get in there, and I'm like, buh, 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 buh. My friend next to me, his junk sounded so cool, you know. And I was like, man, why doesn't mine sound as cool as his? Because he's over there like, dun 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 and I'm like, it was crazy. I said buh for so long, my friends called me the black sheep. I'm not even joking. That's what they called me. I said buh for two weeks. That's all I got. Two weeks later, God gave me la. So I said bala, 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 bala. And man... <laughs> I learned a valuable lesson. Man, when God gives you something to say, it, it's definitely not going to make you look cool. Because it's not about me. It's about obedience to whatever he tells me to say. And it definitely didn't sound cool, but I know I heard it from him. Because if I made it up, baby, it would have sounded a whole lot better than ba. I'd have been like, Shaka Khan, let me tell you what I'm going to do. It would have not been ba, ba, ba. Shoot. Years later, I was hanging out with a brother from the Republic of Georgia. And he said, that sounds familiar. But say it again. I said, bala. And then he said it with his native tongue. And he goes, in our country, bala, that, that literally means Father God. I said, I'm a black Russian, baby. I knew it. I knew I heard from God. Wish we had Google Translate when I was a teenager. I figured that junk out a long time ago. What I've learned is that this, God may give you simple syllables. He may give you paragraphs. He may give you books to say. But regardless, he will not say it for you. He will not move your mouth for you. He'll just 
speak to you. For some of you, it'll be an original thought that pops in your mind. For some of you, it'll be pictures of words you see. Wow, that's so cool. For some of you, it, it'll be like you heard words from heaven. For some of you, I call it spiritual sense. It's like when you feel the resonance of somebody speaking in your spirit. Like when you used to put your head on your dad's back and you could hear him when he talked. You feel it at the same time. Spiritual sense. However God speaks to you, he's going to speak. And when he speaks, all it is, all it is, is, a, is part of the confirmation that he's baptized you in the Holy Spirit. And our responsibility then is to speak what he gave us. Now listen, don't think you have to be perfect with what you said. People mess this up all the time, and so did I. I thought, man, if I don't say exactly every syllable the way God said it to me, God is going to strike me dead, and, and he's going to hate me, and I'm going to be a loser. No, God loves you. Remember who you are. You're his child. I have two. And when my sons were learning to speak, especially little Isaiah, when Isaiah was learning to speak, that boy took forever to learn some English. He was the mumblingest little kid ever. But I remember when he said his first words, Dad. And I was like, ah! He said, Dad. He said, Dad. My wife's like, no. He just has gas. I said, shut up, woman. He's talking to his father. Say it again, son. Dad. Ah! <laughs> I believe with all of my heart, that's what it's like in heaven. You could mess it all up. I didn't smack my kid and go, no, my name is Father. Because I'm not a good, I'm not a great father, but I'm better than that. God is a good, 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 good father. And so if he says to you, hey, say Talitha, and you go, Talutha. He doesn't go, no. You know what he does? He goes, <clears throat> that's so cute. Do it again, Talutha. <laughs> That's my boy. That's my boy. Angel comes over. Father God, can I ask you a question? Yes, Angel. I told you to stop saluting. I know, but it seems cool. Okay, ask your question. Father God, I speak 69 billion languages, and that is not one of them, Father God. That kid is a fool. Shut up, Angel. He ain't talking to you. He's talking to his father. Son, you go ahead and say what you say. I got your back. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to support you. I'm going to build you. I'll build my church on your obedience. It's not your perfection that he's after. It's your obedience. Anything he says, just say it. Do your best. And remember, this is a free gift. No tears are required. You might cry, but you don't have to beg. This is a no-beg zone. You're a king's kid. King's kids don't beg. They just ask. The Bible says, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. It doesn't say keep asking and, and, and I'll never open it. He says, no, ask and it will be opened. He wants to give you miraculous and great things you know not or understand not. You can't mess this up, for his grace is sufficient for you. Finally, it's good news and bad news. Good news is you're God's favorite. Bad news is so many of you think that God wants to change you, but he doesn't. 
He made your personality, baby. He doesn't want to change it. So when you, if you're thinking when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit that all of a sudden you're going to act like pastor, you're going to act like Pastor Amy, you're going to act like me, no! You're going to act like you. All he wants to do is take your personality because he made your personality and he wants to add power to it. So you're just going to be a better version of you. You're not going to act like me or my pastor. You're going to act like you with the power of God all up in your life. You're going to have a constant go button. You're going to walk out your door and you're going to see someone. You're going to go, I'm going to go tell them about Jesus because there's a go in you now. There's a go button happening now. And now you're going to be like, nah, I used to be so bored before, but now I'm challenged all day long to do more. the go and then when you go the power supports your go so that your go has fruitfulness that's the power of the Holy Spirit so no you probably aren't going to fall out instantly and become a Holy Ghost wild person overnight but if you practice personality. It's culture and personality. My church, we run around, fall down. We actually have videotape of people that dance and fall because it's hilarious. We don't show it to everybody, but we laugh. Like they're running all of a sudden, they're gone. It's awesome. Because it's fun. We're family. You don't have to be like If you're ready for this gift, somebody say, I'm ready. Now, the only prerequisite is a relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you could, would you bow your heads all over this room? Maybe you're in this room right now and you're thinking, Alan, I want a relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't have it and I want it because I want... Maybe you had one before, and you're like, man, I didn't have this power before. I didn't have a go button. I I felt like I had no purpose. And and, and now I know that my purpose is to love people, to reach people, and to share my my, my testimony, share what God has done for me, share good things for my life with others, and then give them an opportunity to start their relationship with Christ. Now I understand. Worship and witness is my life. I get it now. And I want to start that journey with Christ right now. I want a relationship with Jesus. Christ right now. If that's you, when I count to three, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want you to be real. When I count to three, I want you to throw your hand straight up in the air, and once you put it up, you can put it right back down. Are you ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Lift it up all over this room. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see you, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Anyone else? Yes. Yes. If you raised your hands while we're eating pie tonight, there's going to be a moment when I'm going to yell and say for you to come. I want to get a hug from you, and I want to share with you, with the, with the pastoral team, just how we can walk this relationship out here as a family at Central Assembly. This church wants to support you and back you. Yes, we're going to text you. Yes, we're going to call you and check up on you. You know why? That's what family does. And we want to be there for you. And so we want to connect with you as as we go into our fellowship hour. But right now, let's pray together. Take your right hand and put it over your heart. It's just a symbolic gesture. And say this prayer out loud with me. You don't have to yell it. You can just speak it in a regular tone of voice. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. 
thank you for giving your life so I could have new life. I need your forgiveness to take the place of my sins. I confess you as my Lord, my Savior, and my Heavenly Father forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I pray for my brothers and my sisters in this room. Lord, some of us are recommitting our lives to you, and some of us are starting anew. Lord, I pray today that this relationship with you would, would grow and grow and grow, and that my brothers and sisters would know that this relationship is it's, it's difficult to get into, but it's even more difficult to get out of. Because, Lord, you don't let go of us. You don't quit on us. You don't give up on us. Lord, you're the one chasing us. And so, Lord, I pray that we would understand that you're not quick to release us and let us go. But, Lord God, we are bound to you. And I pray that this relationship would be better than any American marriage. That, Lord, it would last and last and last. Because we're putting in the effort and time of prayer and Bible study and fellowship with the church like Central Assembly. Father, I pray that we'd walk by faith, living the right way for you. In Jesus' name. Now, you are a prime candidate for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing else you need to do. You don't need to clean yourself up. When you get Christmas presents, you don't even brush your teeth. Don't lie. You're like, oh, well, we got cocoa. I'll eat a candy cane. These gifts are free. Somebody say the word free. That means you just ask. You just ask. And when God puts a word, a term, a phrase, a paragraph in your mind or in your heart, speak it out loud. No one in the Bible ever prayed in their head. Did you know that? They always prayed out loud. The Jews actually sing their prayers because they believe when they sing them, it, it doubles the effectiveness of their prayer. How much more outlandish can it be than you singing a prayer? That's awesome. That's why people want to sing and they want to sing and sing and sing because that's in you. It's a gift. Out loud. Okay? So I know this sounds weird, but we're going to practice. I know it sounds weird. I know. But this is not how God's going to do it. I'm just telling you that this is what obedience looks like. Everybody in the room, say this. Jesus is awesome. Now, did I physically force you to say those words? Did I move your mouth for you? No. God's not going to do that either. He's just going to speak. And however he speaks to you, say what he tells you. Say. And say it out. So good. So good. I have a second assignment for you tonight that you're going to operate in and it's going to happen so quickly you're going to be like what so fun you are going to operate in the gifts of the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge tonight it's going to be cool it's going to happen so quick you're going to be like nuh-uh watch you've been thinking that you got to be some super saint to be used by God in the gifts of the spirit if that was true, all them donkeys out there doing miracles ain't living right. 
they wouldn't have nothing happened in their service. No. The gifts of the Spirit are given when you, when you ask. We've desired things and never asked for them. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. You just have to ask. You know, every night in service I ask God to do things in this service, either with me or without me. Because I don't care if he's going to do it. If he doesn't use me, but I ask, please use me. I want to be a part of some of it. So tonight, you're going to operate in the gifts of the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. Let's focus on this. We'll call it one word, exhortation. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to be praying with people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Once you've received this gift, it's not the gateway to the other gifts, but I want you to receive this, this gift specifically tonight as well. But if you've received already or you're like, dude, I, I, I just received it down here in the altar. What do I do now? I want you to use that gift for something else. You, come here. Come here, Nick. So here's what we're going to do. Brothers, you already know what we're going to do because you see me teach this on Saturday. You're going to go to the back of the room. These sideways and the back is all prayer zones. The front up here is baptism of the Holy Spirit zone. Aisle, 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 back prayer zone. Okay? So, it's going to be so fun. Men, all the men go, yeah. Your zone's going to be over there and the back. All the ladies say, hey. Your prayer zone is that wall in the center aisle. Okay? So men, that wall, back. Women, that wall, center. All right? So the minute you get prayed for up here and you're like, dude, I received this gift, then instantly we're going to put you to work doing another thing. So ladies are going to go to the middle or go over there and men are going to go over there or go to the back. You're going to raise your hand in the air like this. You're going to find a brother or a sister with their hand up. You're going to give them a high five. For the brothers, a bro shake. For the ladies, you're going to give them a high five and a sister hug and a booty bump. Okay? Totally different. Men, don't do this. All right? You're going to find out their name. Nick. Alan. Then you're going to grab their hand. You're going to pray for them for 30 seconds. Okay? When you're done praying, ooh, yes. When you're done praying with them for 30 seconds, you're going to stop. Okay? Now, the best way to pray for them is in the spirit. Then you're just going to pause. <laughs> so good. And you're going to listen to God. Whatever God tells you to encourage them, exhortation, you're going to say it. And then you're going to ask them, was that encouraging for you? Was that a word for you? If they say yes, you're going to do a little dance. It goes like this. I heard from Jesus. I heard from Jesus. Okay. If you get it wrong. I want you to grab your belly and laugh. Why? Because you and I take ourselves far too seriously. I'm not God. I make mistakes. And if we're going to flow in the gifts of the Spirit, we got to be free to practice. Practice makes where else are we going to practice but here? We'll forgive each other in here. So if he goes, hey, I don't even have an uncle named Bootsy. I'll be like, ah! 
<laughs> wow, that's some funny stuff right there. And then I want you to hug them again, raise your hand, and find a new teammate. You're going to do this five times before we leave. Five times, okay? One on one. Everybody repeat after me. I can't hear you. Ladies, I want to hear you. You know why I'm saying that? Because y'all be cheating like a mug. I tell the girls to pray one-on-one. -on -one. They'll be in a group of four. Oh, the, the, I feel the spirit. You don't feel nothing but some disobedience. One-on-one. -on -one. Don't be afraid of intimacy. One-on-one. -on -one. Men, always obey. But here's what I heard. I heard that you've been concerned about how you're going to take care of things financially. The Lord showed me that he's got a plan for you financially. It's going to be more than you imagine. He's going to bring incredible blessing onto you. And you guys are going to have no worries, no concerns. He said 18 months of complete peace is coming into your life this next year and a half. So you just walk in that. You feel like that was a word for you? Get out of here. Okay. Oh, wait. I heard from Jesus. I heard from Jesus. 18 months of that. Ooh. In fact, he said you're going to have two more opportunities as well, and you're going to have to pick. But he's with you. He's with you in them. He's with you in them. Just encourage each other. Now, if you say something negative, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. May you get toe fungus. Okay? Exhortation. That means building each other up. That means joy. That means happy tears. That means hugging. Okay? So, brothers, high five. Bro shake. What's your name? 30-second prayer. Encourage each other. Did you hear from God? Was that right? Did you feel like that encouraged you? I heard from Jesus or ha, <laughs> I messed up. I had a kid miss it nine times in a row. And then he came up to me and gave me a word and wrecked me. I was laying on the floor for an hour and 45 minutes. Don't think that you have to get it right every time for you to be spiritual. It's not about spiritual. It's about obedience and discerning between your voice and God's voice. And that's what practice is for. Okay? I did this as a young man. I practiced for years. We'd lock ourselves in hotels and practice in the conference room for hours and hours and hours. This is exactly what I did my entire young youth all the way up to 25 years old. So I would be ready to operate like this. You can start your journey now. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel not only to the lehigh valley but around the world we want to do our part in reaching the people that god has entrusted to us with the gospel of jesus christ you can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry god bless you have an amazing day remember you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.